Hey guys, and welcome to the fourth episode of Scent and Bent. Ethan's out uh, climbing a mountain. It's 20 degrees outside in the snow. So it's just me today with Mike Rogers from American Suron and Dirty Bike Industries. He does a lot of really cool stuff, and he's on kind of the forefront on where I think moto is headed. So today we're going to talk about kind of the future of moto. And I think you've had a really interesting career too. I've purposely not asked you things when we were on the phone because you said you were the three-time pit bike champion of Florida and all this stuff. Like, yes. do you just want to go over your career in, in moto? I've been in the motorcycle industry my whole life. Uh, my first job was when I was 17 or 18. I raced motocross for American Honda um, and just went from there. I got, you know, mechanic and then eventually engineer uh, in product development. Um, it's probably a mechanic for 13 years and then BRP had hunted me out of, uh, Atlanta. I was in a dealership in Atlanta. I was like a, 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 a mechanic slut. I would go, whoever paid me the most amount of money, went to California, Arizona, all around <laughs> and, and who would ever would pay me the most amount of money. And then they found me and I worked, I started at BRP, uh, at the, in the CDU division in 95. Uh, and then I started doing engine calibration <clears throat> about 98 and I've been a calibration engineer and product development engineer for them, uh, since then. But yeah, the, uh, the pit bike thing was, you know, I was way ahead of that. Uh, I was riding pit bikes. I mean, in the late eighties and in the early nineties. And by the time it came around about 2000, I had the setup. The bike was <laughs> And I just killed everybody. And not not that I was a, that that good of a rider, but the bike was just superior to anything everybody. But you were a good killed. mechanic and engineer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I had and I had suspension knowledge and engine, you know, calibration and performance knowledge. Yeah, and then I could at a at a BRP that we have a world class machine shop. I could make anything. You know, build stainless tubing. You know, uh, bend anything, make anything, mills, lathes. Uh, whatever you want. So I could build everything. And, you know, people will walk up and go, what the hell is that? I made that, you know, I made the whole thing. <laughs> That's so I cool. chopped this frame off. I think it was, I started with a YZ80 chassis, 88 YZ80 with the KX80 front end, you know, and a BRP DS650 shock and things that would hold my big ass up. I'm <laughs> six almost 200 pounds. So oh, wow. On pit bikes, I was pretty intimidating. No <laughs> <laughs> seriously but, that's awesome what but, kind of but that was fun doing? and i had a, i actually had a business then uh called spade innovations and spade racing uh with all the pit bike stuff that did pretty well until it just crashed in 08 when everything crashed hmm. you know nobody's riding pit bikes anymore it really was the death of a cool industry the pit bike industry was just you know cool people because back when i was racing motocross it was like everybody's so serious and oh man you hit me and you you know you cost me 150 bucks i could have won that you know Come on, you know, yeah. Biking, they didn't care. I would laugh if somebody's slamming to me. I'd laugh and grab their jersey, and both of us would go down. You know, <laughs> just it was just about the fun again, and that's where I start. You know, I started riding dirt bikes because it was fun. Uh, so it's nice to get back into it. And I've been riding, you know, dirt bikes for since then. Uh, I don't think I've ever gone uh, a year without a motorcycle in my garage and usually five or six or seven motorcycles are in my garage. Mm -hmm. But then I saw the Suron and I said, huh, you know, and for a while I was like, yeah, it's a Chinese bike. I don't know, you know, uh, if, if it's worth it or whatever, but it was 3,600 bucks. So I put it on a credit card. Let's, let's just see. Let's just see what it is. And I got it and it, it was amazing. 
It was amazing. It was uh, well thought out, well built. There's a lot of cheap parts on it, but it was super well built. And I got really uh, enthusiastic about that and electric. I've been in, in electric, um, you know, I've, I've done RC cars since NICADs, you know, when you had to solder NICADs mm -hmm. together and the control, speed controllers. And I've done uh, flown airplanes and the quadcopters where you have to build everything. So I'm familiar with, you know, tuning uh, speed controllers and battery, battery performance. Uh, I started when the LiPo, you know, the first LiPo came out and I, caught stuff on fire you know <laughs> they would puff after one run and going oh what happened there okay i guess that's discharging too fast so you learn that's how you learn you know you that's how you guys learn a lot of times you just try stuff and see if it works yeah and then it breaks and then you build it up bigger yeah uh, i kind of had the same thing with the suron my sister got one and then we were actually my wife and i were about to buy a house so i wasn't about to spend three and a half grand but then yeah. the day we closed on our house i went onto luna ordered it, got it. And then I think I wrote it maybe three times and listed my 250 on uh, Facebook. <laughs> yep, right. It's just like, it totally rekindled this love of dirt bikes. Like I grew up, you know, riding on my dad's handlebars when I was three years old, getting bloody noses when we came down on wheelies too hard. And yeah. I think I got my first bike was a PW50 when I was five. Oh, and I just yeah. been riding ever mm -hmm. since, but it's like one of those things that you get to a certain point where you're like, all right, I'm not going to push it much further than this. I don't really care to get better or join races or I just like going on trails with my dad and having fun, you know, yeah. but then, so I'd been riding maybe like, I don't know, five or six times a year with Ethan, nothing crazy. But then the yeah. Suron, I'm like riding every morning. I'm going, waking up early and sneaking into the skate park before anyone gets there. Like <laughs> rekindled this joy and this love. And I'm like so stoked about it. Like probably more stoked than I've ever been about dirt bikes, which is saying right. a lot because dirt bikes have been like my main obsession my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the same thing for me, you know, it's getting, it wasn't stale. You know, you're still riding and having fun. But once I got on the Suron, yeah, it's a little bitty bike, but it's so cool. I don't know. How to explain it especially other people that haven't ridden it before it's just a i don't know it's just different and it's cool it's quiet uh you can ride it anywhere you want and uh, nobody's going to complain about it uh, and there's lots of other good attributes to it but it really took me back in like like to you back into wanting to ride all the time you know i get frustrated where um at brp there's a called a compound uh, some people probably know the compound it's pretty uh, known especially in florida uh it's just acres and acres and acres of just redneck euphoria People, <laughs> i mean big trucks and I've, I've actually seen a crane out there to get a truck out of a mud hole wow and they've got a whole facebook page and say man i'm stuck at this coordinate you know they come people go pull them out and stuff like that it's just crazy <laughs> the stuff goes on out there but that's right across the street from where i work so i can go out and ride in that stuff um, all the time. So we usually, we have like a 12 mile loop that we just, that we cook through, you know, and I'll post a video of that, uh, on my site. We've mixed down a couple of videos of us. It's just S turns and, and with sand whoops. So I posted one of just, I finally got the 72 volt battery. So anyway, I was saying that I just got the big battery and, uh, and the big controller, of course, and now I can stay on top of the whoops. Because before with the stock power, you sort of, is it sand here? It's all sand. So you're dragging through it, just trying to keep your speed mm -hmm. with the 72 volt battery. You can pop, 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 and stay on top of the whoops. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Do you think that e-bikes 
will replace gas bikes eventually? Or do you think there's still many years of gas bikes having more power and more fandom? And... Well, yeah, they're all, it's going to be a weird shift. Sort of like um, you, if you look at the Zero and the Alta, the Redshift, uh, they were direct competitors to dirt bikes and they didn't really, uh, they, didn't, they didn't cut the mustard. You know, the batteries couldn't last. Uh, it was always a, a, a pain and they didn't really compete with gasoline motorcycles. Hmm. So I think it's going to be something different. It's going to be like this Suron. It's, it's a, a different mentality. It's lighter. Um, it's real quick and it's just a different animal and competing wise, you know, in the, in the, the Florida trail rider stuff, I can go through the woods like nobody's business. I can pass people right and left in the straightaways that get around me, mm -hmm. but it's so light and nimble. I mean, the Suron weighs what 120 pounds. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's so it's, so anyway, I think it's just going to be different. I think it will take over. I think it has to California. It's going to be really, really quickly. Yeah. And I just heard that the, uh, you know, the EU or, uh, the UK, uh, in nine years, they want to get rid of all sales of all gasoline engines and cars and everything. Yeah. So that includes, you know, motorcycles and yeah. dirt bikes. Well, I think Ethan and I talk about this a lot because we're always talking about what to build next. And more and more, we start talking about what we can do with electric things because it, it is going to get to a point where you can't really bring a gas bike to a track in California. Like already that's kind of happening. And yeah, a lot of places good. are getting closed down because of the noise pollution and pollution. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, it's just kind of like a dirty, messy thing. You know, if you break something open and get oil everywhere, like I totally yeah. see why, but I think that the technology came to cars quicker because the, the power density doesn't matter as much because you have so much room for batteries and with that much power, it doesn't really matter if it's that much heavier for a commuter car, right. like still maybe not a race car is quite there yet. The technology, but with snowmobiles and dirt bikes and quads, you really need a lot of power in a small package if you want to compete mm -hmm. with a gasser. Right. And I think yeah. that that will be a huge factor. Like the second, like even if it was times two, like, if you, the, the 72 volt Suron is about 20 horsepower, 25, something like that. Yeah. So can be, yeah. the 450 is, you know, a modern 450 is like 50, 55. Right. So right. if you want to compete with that, that's, you know, already a solid doubling from even the high performance mm -hmm. aftermarket battery, mm -hmm. but it does fit in the Suron and it yes. does, even with the extra battery and speed controller, you're still around 120. The, the power density, a lot of it's the, the, the discharge rate, like you said, um, in the cars, it doesn't really matter that much because you have so many cells and you're, you know, you're going for distance anyway. You're not really going for power. Tesla makes some powerful stuff, but they mm -hmm. have so many cells that you can, you know, stack them in parallel and you can discharge at 10C is no problem. But we need cells that discharge at 40C or something like that, like an RC cell, yeah. something that can just put it out for a bike. And, and nobody really makes that. You know, uh, they're getting bare Panasonic is making some cells. And um, of course, you can get lipology, you can get RC cells, but it's not that safe, especially for people who don't understand what the batteries are doing, mm. uh, how to charge them and how to discharge them and make sure they're matched and things like that. Uh, so it's not really safe for the consumer. But that's sort of what we need to be competitive is a super light uh, cell that can discharge. 
Uh, and the reason that you know we use eighteen six fifty cells is they're common and they're safe. If one cell goes out, it's not going to yeah. you know burn out and get into the next cell. So uh, the eighteen six fifties is the standard, and it's even what Tesla uses. I think they still use eighteen six fifties. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's it's just the there's certain aspects of riding that I think are hard to replace with an electric bike, like going down a hill and and downshifting for different levels of engine braking and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like at least the really serious racers and enduro guys, like I guess it just depends on when people start winning races with them, right? When they're good right. enough to people to yeah. start winning, then I think there'll be a huge transition of people like, mm-hmm. oh, it's better yeah. now and it's cheaper and I don't have to keep gas in my garage. Like Yep. There's lots you don't have to. And I think the first place, and I think Stasic has it right, you know, and that's a KTM company getting the kids started on it because mm-hmm. for a kid uh, it's, it's perfect. You know, it does falls over. It's not going to burn them because there's no hot exhaust and they don't have to start it. They just twist, you know, turn the key off back on and, and go mm-hmm. again for dad. It's even better. He doesn't have to run after the kid to pick it up. You know, it's lighter. He can get up on it. He doesn't have to change the oil. Doesn't have to clean the air filter. You know, it doesn't have to clean the carb, no top end rebuild, you know, maybe batteries every 10 years or five years, whatever. Yeah. But by uh, then there'll be a way better bike. So much, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so much better for kids and for dads. I think that's where it's going to start. And then it's going to go up and, uh, you know, Husqvarna and KTM both have a little moto to, uh, equal to a 50 CC, uh, bike, same size and, uh, that are pretty cool. And I don't have one, uh, but my kids are all your age. <laughs> so they need Surons anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So but that it's a great really starter cool. bike. Anybody. And it's it has my girlfriend. You know, she doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Go. And two brakes. And mm-hmm. and stop, you hit the brakes and it cuts the motor out. So even if she, if you're panicking, you hit the brakes and it stops. It's a great yeah. bike for a beginner. Yeah, I figured that out the hard way. I landed a yeah. jump and just had my fingers on the brake and then just hit it a little bit. And I tried to power out of this hole and just went straight into it. Yes. So I just I actually disabled that on my bike. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do it all. I think a buddy of mine had uh, his brakes disabled, but his kickstand was still on. And then he got like he hit a root or something and it must have grounded it out and boom, stopped. Yeah. It's funny when the safety features hurt you. <laughs> yes. Which, yeah. it, which it's smart. You know, it's very smart because if you're new to electric, you know, you don't know if it's on or not. And, you know, what do we do? We're sitting around the shop or twisting the throttle on your motorcycle. You know, mm-hmm. if you do that on an electric bike, it, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you can't even tell if it's on or not because it doesn't make any noise. <laughs> yes. Yep. Which uh, I think there's some regulations that the, we're going to have to make noise pretty soon. Mm. Uh, noise generators because uh, it does get a little dangerous especially on the street when you're cruising down the road at 40 miles an hour you hear nothing but the tire noise and pedestrians don't see that and don't hear that i mean and i understand that so it's and a new it's a new thing it's a new world and it's, it's interesting and exciting and i'm so happy that i'm uh, i've gotten this started um and i'm getting a leg in on it it's a it's interesting to me where this industry has sort of been boring to me you know even the watercraft industry it sort of went stale um and and you know that's and that's sort of why i like watching your guys videos because that's so cool it's just you know raw power and and neat ingenuity uh it's it's fun to watch you guys build stuff it's uh, the dream of most kids out there like me you know <laughs> yeah it's it's fun having an idea 
and knowing that it won't necessarily be good. Like when we started the Barbie Jeep, we're like, this isn't going to be as good as a four wheeler, but it's going to be way cooler. And still yep. the riding experience is completely different than a sports quad. Like yes, the seating position is different and it's still different than an off-road go-kart, like the Odyssey and stuff, because it's, it's so small. You have this novelty feeling the whole time you're riding it is I'm in mm -hmm. a little pink Barbie car and I'm going 80 miles an hour. You know? <laughs> and you just right. know that's ridiculous. And we, we try not to yell and overhype the videos because I think there's a lot of people who do that and it kind of takes away from the video. Cause if you're not right. there, you don't really have that, that energy, but mm -hmm. man, the first time we got that thing out and it was just the whoop scissors were going over potholes. We were just like, mm -hmm. ah, like jumping up and down. Cause we had no idea it would be that good. I mean, we put in suspension from like a heavy snowmobile and you know, we just kind of finished it last minute, brought it out to this, this, um, they call it the kook in Canada. It's just this big old dried up riverbed. And we were just rallying through it. And we were just so excited. <laughs> we had no idea it was going to be that cool. And we spent like six months building it, but yeah, but yeah, and it's like something new. And like, how often is there something in such an established industry, like the moto industry where just like a random brand like Saron can just hop in and sell thousands of bikes. Like yep. when's the All last right. time something like that happened? I mean, they, I'm, I'm guessing at the numbers. I, I don't know. I would like to know, but yeah, there's I think no it's, it's going to be like, like the CRF 50, you know, like the Z 50 and the XR 50 and or XR 80 and things like that. It's just, they buy and sell as many as they can make all over the world, mostly in Europe. Uh, America is sort of limited with, um, the the distributor that they have here uh, he sells you know a lot of them but um it's not there's not that many because there's only one distributor here is a little bottleneck mm -hmm. but uh a lot of my business is europe i sell a lot of aftermarket parts to europe uh in asia and south america and all over the world iceland had a couple from iceland and i had oh, cool. a, I have dealers in australia i have dealers in uh belgium and in germany and in europe and canada and I've got dealers all over trying to get the the parts out of there because shipping individual parts is kind of hard. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, you know, when I, I saw that, I got the bike. It is so cool. I looked at it. You know, I'm a mechanical engineer, so I'm looking at the frame, and it's beautiful. It's finite element analysis that they went through the whole thing. It's 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 awesome. Every time I looked at it, it takes, took stuff apart. You see more. That's an incredible build. So Suron, I think that's their whole secret is they're not selling bikes. They're not really selling a bike. They're selling a brand. They're selling themselves. They're selling Suron. Uh, and they can do it. They are going to do a lot more. Um, and I remember that time with uh, with Lunacycle where they had the first batch of them and the uh, motors had a problem, an internal defect that didn't lock tight a bolt. I think it was something like that. And two engineers came over and fixed them all, unpackaged them, take them, took the motors apart, fix them, put them back together. That's a company that stands behind their brand. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not just a bike. It's a brand that you're buying into like you would Honda or Kawasaki or whatever. So it's yeah. not just uh, cheap Chinese will make it have really good stats ship as many as possible and not care yeah. about the longevity you think right. it's because I've only had mine for uh, two months and I actually had a problem with my speed controller. So I yeah. haven't been able to ride it as much as I'd like, but, right. but you would trust it taking it out in the middle of the desert up in the middle of the mountains and 
think you're going to get home and uh it's never left me stranded i think that my buddy did when it, when it broke his uh, switch off but uh no it's uh there are inexpensive components on it to make it a price point vehicle i mean 3600 bucks for what it is is fabulous mm -hmm. uh but those can be upgraded and that's what my business is doing upgrading all those cheaper parts uh, into some more reliable and uh better parts but the the core of it the motor uh, and the speed controller, even though you had a problem, it's the first one that I've heard of, of a stock. Yeah, controller. it's really rare. Um, I couldn't find any information about it, yeah. but, but they took care yeah. of me. No problem. They even shipped it, me the replacement before I even shipped them the, the broken one. So yep. that was yeah, really I, cool. I, I don't have any complaints about that situation. Just sometimes, you know, could have happened with a gas Honda too, some yeah. defect, you know? And that's the difference I'm talking about uh, is that knowing that they'll stand behind their product if you have a problem, because it's really one year, they'll take care of anything uh, that really goes wrong, you know, not brake pads or tires or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I say they had a, a, a problem with my battery where it wouldn't charge properly. It had a good charge, but it wouldn't take a charge anymore. And the, and the charger was good. I did some tests and, and they just gave me a new battery, an updated battery. Yeah. So, the most expensive you know. part of the bike, like it was nothing. Yep. Yeah, so standing behind it just as well as any other manufacturer would, that's the that that's the brand they're selling. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, I was trying to get the importing, you know, rights or or, or dealership, but uh yeah, Luna Cycle has a hold on that right oh. now. What are you doing with American Suron and Dirty Bike Industries? Oh, growing, growing. I think we're about a year and a half old and it started with okay, this rear fender sucks. Let me make a longer one. Hey, it worked really well. That was the Let first one. a couple more. You know, and I put them on eBay and they were gone the next morning. I said, hmm. And I put about 10 of them on. Gone in 24 hours. Oh, okay, I may have something here. Yeah. And it just grew from that. More and more and more. More parts every time I ride. If I break something, I make something better and uh, and and sell it. So it's uh, it's grown tremendously. Uh, and I'm just super excited about it because this, this, like we've talked about, it interests me. This is interesting. You know, it's, it's growing. It's new. Uh, me trying to do the races, the, the, the hair scrambles on this thing against the gas bikes. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm not going to win right now. Eventually I'll get there, but that's how we learn and we grow. Okay. Well, you know, the battery didn't make it. So get a bigger battery. Or I, got, I got a bigger battery, you know, don't have quite enough speed. So, you know, change the gearing or whatever. But um, it's fun because, a, you know, a 12 horsepower bike can whole shot all the big bikes because yeah, it's a Le Mans start. Crazy. You run to it and you go. They have to kickstart it or hit the button. That's another half second while you're on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've whole shot it. I think I got second to the first turn this last time, but the first time I whole shot it in the first turn. Yeah. And you can never stall too. There's so many videos on YouTube of people just way ahead of the pack they get into a tree shack and stall it and just get passed by five bikes but that's exactly a, you're not, it's never going to happen on the Suron. <laughs> nope it doesn't stall and another thing i like about it and people complain oh there's no foot brake well they're used to the foot brake once you get used to it where you have both your brakes up here because you don't need a clutch now you can stay on the balls of your feet all the time you don't have to go in to shift or brake you can stand on the balls of your feet so you're always on the balls of your feet so it's a little more nimble and you can move it around that was the first thing I Googled when I got my Suron actually to see if they made an aftermarket foot brake. Cause I was, I was yep. wheeling 
and I went to hit my foot. I went a little too far. Yep. I was just flat on my back, and I was like, "Oh man, I should have really <laughs> thought about that." Is this the first? I took it out of the box and just whoop, and then just yep. right onto my back. I was like, "Geez, I got to get a foot break." But I think you're right. I was going down just this huge hill, and it's funny when you go up the hill, you think you're on a dirt bike. You got the power. Yep. You're you know leaning in. It's like all riding like a dirt bike, and then you go down the hill. And you're on a mountain bike. It's just like right. getting a yep. downhill mountain bike session. It's crazy because right. you don't have that extra weight or that extra bulk. And well, at least on the stocks are on, the front suspension isn't great. So you're bouncing around a little bit like you would be on a light bike. Yeah, right. yep. <laughs> and it's, it's so much fun because you get, you get two for one. Because I love like on, on a dirt bike, I think my favorite thing is just exploring trails and finding cool climbs, you know. Yeah. Right. But then going down it is kind of sketchy not as fun on a real bike but on the Suron, yep. it's just like i'm going down it's just as fun <laughs> yep. right it's no it's the it thing climbs and we don't have as many hills here but the little hills we have and it climbs wonderfully especially if you put better suspension on and keep the rear tire on the ground and i have uh hold on i got one. oh that looks nice olens Oh, <laughs> so now I got Fox float up front and Olin's in the back. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to. Um, we, we talked to Fox about uh, sponsoring the build with uh, my bike, because what we're going to do is we're going to do the, the upgraded speed controller and the 72 volt battery. And um, we're going to get a timber sled little ripper kit and we're going to try to do the first I think there's been pictures of it, but I haven't seen a video ever of a of an electric snow bike. So we're gonna try right. to do the world's first electric snow bike <laughs> build series. Excellent. And Fox didn't want to work with us on it. They work with us on some of our other projects, but they say the mountain bike guys hate moto people using their shocks. Like all the yep. engineers don't like yep. it. I'm like, every time you look up Sir Honest, it's a really popular bike. And everyone says, get the Fox 40s. Like, how are they not tapping into that market? <laughs> well, I, I think uh, they're afraid they're going to break. Because oh. if you, like, I got my Fox 40 and picked it up. It's like, oh, this weighs nothing. Mm -hmm. Is it made of paper? <laughs> so, but it's held up and I'm, you know, saying almost 200 pounds and I beat the heck out of it. And and they've held up. So, you know, but I'm ready for them to yeah. also, you know, put a, the big, I offer a 220 millimeter brake rotor so i put that on there and better pads so it's i've done stoppies all the time i love stoppies and forks have, forks have held up so yeah that makes uh, sense they another like the the deity, deity yeah. said stop it stop putting our handlebars in that it's not made for that <laughs> so i think it was just to cover their cover their butt you know to say it's not meant for a motorcycle because we all use those deity handlebars to get a three inch rise it's wonderful and suspension you can't imagine uh well you probably can how much you learn from remote control car suspension oh you it translates really well yeah weight transfer and a spring rate and when you can change like a, a sway bar and go put it back on the track and I know for people who don't drive, you can feel it. You can feel if a car pushes or if it oversteers or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. you know, I know you're driving a controller, but you can feel it. You can feel the car. Uh, and I learned so much about that, about weight transfer and turning and uh, tire compounds and how it all blends together, how camber works when, you know, when you roll and the, and the outside tire sits up or if you have too much traction, you make it so it overcenters and you can spin, you know, you learn so much from those little cars where a race car might take you 10 years to learn that, or you yeah. can learn it in a couple of years on a 
a model. And it's so expensive too. If you try it on yeah. a real race car, <laughs> yes, it's like, Oh, I true. have this theory that this alignment with this suspension change will help my, my track time. And then you got to yeah. save up for a couple months. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Which on an yeah. RC car you can get, you know, you can get a couple different suspension setups and test them all out for a couple yep. hundred bucks and really learn a lot there. Yeah. You know, racing is racing, but you learn from everything that you do and you apply it. And, uh, it's been fun to apply it, uh, to these, to the Surons, uh, especially the suspension stuff and, and, uh, getting it working. And that was the whole reason I started uh, dirty bike was I just wanted to build a cool bike. Yeah. And everybody wanted to buy my product. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I've been thinking cause Ethan and I talk all the time because we get emails just pouring in every single day of people wanting to purchase, uh, just CAD files on our frames for our power wheels toys right. or like some kind of step-by-step -step breakdown literature of how to do it or buying the, the carts themselves, obviously. And we even got reached out to a few manufacturers that said, Hey, can we, you know, collaborate on something and make these go carts with like little body frames and stuff. And that we just can't get too excited about because it's such a, it's such a novelty and it's just so much work for something that's, it's not better than a go-kart. It's not better right. than a four wheeler. Like right. <laughs> it'd be so expensive, but we do want to build something that's really cool and mm -hmm. really unique. And that, that's, I think that's that accessible. Yeah. That's that, accessible. That's accessible and something yeah. that's kind of more like a Suron where, you know, we get it there to you at a good price point and you can upgrade the suspension later and we can tell you what works well or right. anything right. that you sell that's going to help out that bike a lot. And I think that that it would be cool to look into doing it with something like an e-bike because we don't need to figure out how to build our own engine or anything right. Right. ridiculous that we could never figure out on our own, just two people. But well, if you can uh, source the batteries and the controllers and get things figured out, it seems like it's more possible to like yes, enter yeah. a market like this. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't know if you found it, but um, Suron in, in China actually offers several different power packs. They offer a twin motor, just like the Suron motor, but twins with a transmission in the middle. Really? And, and bigger controllers, all off the shelf stuff that works perfectly with whatever, you know. And that's one of the things, uh, I think we talked about that earlier, the, the motor is robust. That's the last thing I've never even considered changing a motor because the temperature never rises i've been put as you know a lot of amperage to it and it's just happy that's the hmm. you know a speed controller yes you need to have that if you want any more power and a battery of course you need uh but surround offers power packs and it's hard to find the website where they do that uh and they might make it easier now you might be able to go to surround.com and find it um but they offer different power packs Hmm. And and that's sort of, you know, I'm excited about that too, is learning all of this and building batteries and controllers and putting it into different things. I have a, an SV650 in the garage that I do track days on. And I'm looking at it going, it's a super light bike. You know, it's got the big uh, perimeter frame. It's got lots of room. Yeah, I might electrify yeah. that thing. <laughs> you know, it's not worth anything really. It's worth two grand or something like that. So I'm not worried about hacking it up and, and mangling it. So that might be a project in the future. Yeah, definitely. Inspired, inspired by you guys. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I think an electric off-road go-kart could be pretty huge too, yep. because, right. uh, there's something about motorcycles that still, 
if you didn't pick it up when you were a kid, it is kind of intimidating for people. Like I have plenty of friends who I've invited riding all the time and they're like, ah, like they'd ride a four wheeler or like they come and ride the Barbie cars, you know, Mm -hmm. but something about dirt bikes is there's, it's, it's not a bicycle. It's, it is kind of intimidating and the surround's a lot Mm -hmm. less intimidating, but I think like a a off-road go-kart with a little cage that's electric could be really handy. (laughs) Like a yard cart that you could still jump 20 feet and feel safe. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, that's another uh, point about it that we didn't really talk about is it's so, uh, yeah, it's accessible to the kids and the dad, but it's quiet. You know, we used to run uh, our pit bike practice in a, in a friend's backyard. And, you know, we built a nice track. We had a, a, um, a, a track vehicle and we could build jumps and move stuff around and, you know, put carpet on them to harden them up. And But the neighbors would complain and definitely not after dark. On the Suron, you run anytime you want. Sunday morning at six in the morning, nobody's gonna know. They're not gonna hear it. All they're gonna hear is a bunch of guys giggling when they crash, you know, take yeah. each other out, <laughs> laughing as hard as they can. Uh, so that makes it more accessible to anywhere. You know, we're always losing riding spots in motocross uh, because of the noise and, like you said, the pollution and and you know the people are afraid of it. The environmentalists are afraid of it because yeah, it is gasoline, it is oil, it is coolant that can go anywhere, and electrification opens up so many new doors so Mm -hmm. you know that's another reason i'm so excited about it yeah it could be like uh, a skate park like if you go to denver colorado there's a skate park on every other block packed with kids having fun and there's uh downhill bike courses pump bike courses and right next to it is a full business center or a full neighborhood right and you could easily add a pit bike track for e-bikes only e-bikes right in the middle of a neighborhood and then you have this huge population that can get into it that they couldn't Mm -hmm. right now because if you live dead center of a city you know maybe it doesn't make sense for you to store a bike or take it all the way out into the desert to be able to ride it or all the way out into the mountains you know we're pretty spoiled here in idaho where i can ride from my garage to a top of a mountain any day of the week but most people don't have that and if you give access to dirt bikes to the masses, then you're going to see huge innovations come from the bikes themselves and the way people are riding them. And, and that's just like anything that makes cool things more accessible to more people. Like I just am all about that. Like I want to support that (laughs) during the winter for you guys. And during the summer for me, the bikes in the house, I got a, I have a lift, you know, in my house and the bikes, you know, working on it because there's no smell. There's no, you know, so what clean the bike and Put it inside. I have a lift, one of those Harbor Freight lifts in, inside my house. Oh, so perfect. House. Yeah, <laughs> and work on it. And the other thing I was really thinking, and I haven't done it yet, is like an, uh, an old grocery store. You know, uh, buy that or rent that or whatever. You can run races in a grocery store. You can yeah. have AC in there. Now here, <laughs> it gets 100 degrees and it's so humid you know, that you don't want to ride because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. Hey, turn on the AC and run a race in the gro- an old grocery store. Yeah. You could even nope. do like kind of a, a go-kart track type situation where you yep. go in, sign a waiver, and then you don't even need to own a bike. You can just ride on the weekends. Right. Yeah. That would Maybe be amazing. Have a supermoto track on one side and a dirt on the other. <laughs> that would track be in the middle. so cool. I think Florida <laughs> would be a great place for that too. Yeah. And you can do it. There's no fumes. There's no gas. There's no special permitting. 
Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, there's got the insurance would be kind of expensive, but you can figure that yeah. out. <laughs> right. The yeah. the price of entry, I guess, will reflect however much that operation cost costs. But exactly. <laughs> but you know, but that's it's the possibilities are out there. There's lots of new possibilities, and that's sort of what's you know it, that's what's interesting. There's all sorts of uh, avenues to to explore uh, with this new new tool. Yeah. What do you think of the electric motors that are the hub motors? I've seen some people get pretty good power out of them and they're a lot quieter, but yep. it seems like they're probably not as good weight distribution for racing or jumping and yeah. stuff like that. And it's uh, it's a uh, un unsprung mass. So now that big old motor has to move with the rear suspension. So on the street, that's great. You know, that's where it started with the bicycles and e-bikes and things like that. But in the dirt, yeah, your mass is farther back and it's unsprung mass. So the suspension has to take up the movement of it and it gets beat up. You know, so it really doesn't work for off-road. Off-road needs to yeah. be a uh, centrally located motor. So you don't think that technology could get lighter and stronger and be competitive? You think that the future would definitely still be keeping the motor in the middle of the frame and chaining out to this rocket? Who knows? You know, I couldn't imagine the power, the power density of a LiPo, you know, 30 years ago. I couldn't imagine a little bitty battery like that could discharge so much. So who knows, you know, with the materials that we have now and then all of the, uh, you know, Elon Musk and all the money he's putting into the investigation, who knows what he's sitting Charlie in the chocolate factory, you know, he's yeah. got his Oompa Loompas working on all sorts of <laughs> weird stuff in there. So who knows? I did see a guy in Australia put a hub motor in the front of a Suron and then the regular motor in the back. So it's four or two wheel drive. I mean, Oh, so probably be pretty good motor. for hill climbing, maybe. I've always thought like two-wheel drive motorcycles were really cool for, I've seen people use them for hunting and things yep. like that. If they're dragging firewood out of a, you know, <laughs> log road or something, right. but um, definitely haven't seen anyone build one for performance, but I think right. e-bikes could potentially be the first to actually do that yep. <laughs> once you get the yeah, everything light enough. Right. And there's always been the problem of getting the power down to that front wheel. And I've seen, you know, the chain drives that go down there and even hydraulic drives, which makes sense until you have an issue with the hydraulics. Mm. But electric, you just run, run wires down there. Yeah, easy. So it's, <laughs> again, it's interesting. And it's uh, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go. And, how, you know, I'm, I'm super stoked that you guys are getting into it because, you yeah, you're going to do some exploring and and uh, let everybody let the world see you know what you're doing yeah i'm uh, super glad to help you know I'll, I'll throw stuff in there if i develop a good power pack here it is you know stick this in something <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah thanks for helping us out with the giveaway too oh I no problem that, at all no i know that people are really excited about that because the so far we've given away well a welder a grinder and a tubing bender and okay. they've all we just randomly select a number you just Put in the numbers in google the first and the last and then it just selects a random number and that's how we decide and so far they've all been builders so i think mm -hmm. our audience is people who the second they get a sir on they're probably not even going to ride it without putting your parts on it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know it that's adds good. this extra hype i get to win the bike and i get to build it day one you know like that's it. pretty right. exciting building it. yeah yeah no, it's a good deal good deal and i'm a trying to it's just so crazy. I don't do any advertising because my production is, I'm slammed. My production trying to keep up and I've done a good job. There's only a few things that are ever out of stock, 
but uh hoping you guys don't kill my sales <laughs> <laughs> we will see <laughs> we'll see i think so much that one... i can't keep up and then i won't be able to supply people and they get angry <laughs> the big one's gonna be when we do the full build video yeah. but yeah. uh we won't be able to do that until i get the battery and the controller so it could be two months it could be six i don't know <laughs> i wanted your professional opinion about this too so when i do get the battery and the controller I will have basically a whole Suron powertrain to put in to anything I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you What do you think we should do with that? <laughs> oh boy, I've I've thought about this uh, a good bit because same thing. I'm thinking once I develop a power pack, what am I going to put it in? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of overpowered stuff, like like you guys are. Yeah. Uh, uh, to skip back, I, I built a the, like a little 300 jet ski, and we put a 720 engine in it, so it was almost 100 horsepower, and nobody could stay on it. I mean, it was fun just watching everybody try to and fall over the place. All right, you're next. Drink a beer. Go. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always loved overpowered things. So something small, it should go in something small, maybe a big wheel. Oh wow, that would be a crazy. Big wheel. Man, having With that much part, power, you could drift around your neighborhood and no one would even know you're there. <laughs> yep. Which uh, Suron sent me a video of something like that. I don't know if it's public, but <laughs> I'll send it to you. See what you <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And then I was mm-hmm. also thinking um, the fat tire bikes. Here we get a lot of snow. If I yeah. could beef up the frame of a fat tire bike or just get a Suron frame and uh, just put wider forks and a wider swing arm on it, then it could be really fun for rallying up like the groomed snowmobile runs and stuff. Mm -hmm. You can only be on hard packed. It's still going to be too heavy to float on top of the snow, but, and then maybe that would do decent in the sand as well. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it probably would. Yeah. It's a lot of times I'd like a little bit wider tires in the sand, but when you get on the hard pack, you don't, you know, once you get yeah. start getting tires wider and wider, you know, it, it pushes and it sticks and yeah. you know, the bike's not loose under you. You get on the gas, bike goes straight, doesn't turn. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need the bike to slide uh, uh, to, to, to make it turn. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think with the fat tire bike, it would be more of a, a novelty thing because they have electric fat tire bikes that are really yeah. good for what they are that you could still pedal up a, you know, snowmobile trail if you were so inclined. But <laughs> I think with the Suron is you could go up it at 40 miles an hour, <laughs> yes. which I think would yep. be funny to to be neck and neck with a snowmobile on a trail. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. And I'd love to do that. Just sneak up on them. You, if you're riding a snowmobile, you couldn't hear that thing from yep. if it was right behind you but just honk your little horn and then just pass them on a little fat tire bike <laughs> like what the heck <laughs> i think that'd be so much fun but yeah it definitely wouldn't be great at turning or i guess it, you could jump and land but it wouldn't be so nimble but right. i think it could be a lot of fun so i might bad, end up bad, doing bad. that with it and if it doesn't work i'll just turn it back into a fat tire bike and go back to something else there you go. <laughs> right there you go. the backup plan yeah. So uh, building batteries is really important because you have so much real estate in there, but need to find a battery builder. So if there are any battery builders out there interested in what's going on, you could help out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> work it out if you want to sell your stuff. 
yeah talk to him <laughs> our our emails will be in the description if you guys got yeah. some ideas right. for us <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that batteries is going to be the biggest thing and yeah. especially for people who's going to like build their own bike or uh, try to get right. something to market that's going to be probably the most difficult part is sourcing the materials and right. finding someone to build the actual batteries because yep. you really really have to know what you're doing or you're going to start a fire is the, right. exactly. like my tiny bit of knowledge in the matter <laughs> is know what you're doing or you're going to light it on fire <laughs> yeah yes yeah, yeah. yeah you have to know what you're doing yeah and there's a lot i see a lot of people out there on facebook or whatever that are doing some sketchy stuff with batteries <laughs> Be careful. There's yeah. a lot of energy in there. A lot of energy. You know, yeah, yeah it's a little battery. There's a lot of energy in there. Be careful. You, know? yeah. you can search and find videos where, you know, houses go up in flames. And, you know, you really shouldn't keep your battery inside your house. Of course, you know, you don't want to get real super cold either outside. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I bring mine. You have to respect it. Respect it. You know, back in the in the early days of the cars, you know, people got burned alive all the time. Racers all the time got burned and died mm -hmm. uh, because it was a new technology until we learned how to encapsulate fuel and fuel cells and make sure that the fuel lines are ready to hold it. And you know, you're not going to have fuel leaks. Uh, same thing with batteries. You have to learn what it is, you know, and respect it. What do you think is the best way to start if someone wants to get into it? Into like what? Into figuring out how batteries work and speed controllers. And because I've learned a little bit of that with drones, but it's still yeah. so different. Like the, I think eMoto Bros on YouTube, they do some kind of tuning with their controller. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. how do you figure that out? Like, where do you even start? Yeah, it's, that's a, that's a hard one, you know, because I even remember in the early days we had speed controllers and you only had two pots, you know, what's the max and what's the min. And then they would do drag brake. Okay, so you can tune in your drag brake. So when you let off the throttle, you know, it would have some drag brake. And then it got more and more, you know, acceleration curves and deceleration curves and, you know, the turbo and there's all sorts of. So creeping into it, remote control cars is a good way to do it. Learn their little controllers. Um, because there's like the ASI controller, I'm starting to work with uh, ASI. Uh, there's no good functional description. It's 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 horrendous. I did uh, engine management system calibration for Bosch for 15 years on you know car engines and and the watercraft engines, uh, fuel injection systems, and their functional description. Yes, 1,200 pages of logic, but it's all laid out in there. You can find what the function does, how it interacts with the other functions, and what each what each label does. You know, it's really described well. Mm. But they have a team doing that. Uh, these controllers, not so much. The ASI is more complicated than any controller out there. Uh, the BAC 4000 and the 8000. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's no good documentation. Uh, it, they're getting better on their website. Um, if you're um, uh, in with them, there's some better uh, information in there and how to set it up and how to get going. But there's still lots of labels in there. You're going, what the heck is that? You know, what, is, mm -hmm. what does that mean? You know, the, the description isn't much more than the, what the label's name is. <laughs> so you got to play with it and figure it out. So when you get so into the back end of the controller, are you using an interface or is you just looking at a page of code that you need to change the numbers uh the, yeah, there's an interface uh in there there's a couple of different ways you can do it bluetooth uh or you can do it on the pc with an actual physical connection uh, okay. but this is all for the not for a consumer to do it's all the, the people programming them yeah but when you are in there's like is there like curves and sliders and 
values that you type in or is it yes. a lot more it's, complicated than that? Nope. It's pretty much all values, which is kind of frustrating because, you know, I'm used to, to three dimensional maps, two dimensional maps and then lines, you know, and you can go in there and say at this RPM, I want it to be this, this RPM, I want it to be that, this mm. RPM, I want it to be this. Uh, but this is like, it, it's, it's kind of primitive, but there's a lot going on in it, you know, so there's some values that you can change. Um, but there's a, it's hard to tell how it affects the whole overall system and other values. So hmm. it just takes doing it. And it's, it's been, it's been, it's been difficult to, to learn it, but I'm, I'm getting there. I can make it go, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's make a good it not start. blow up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the, uh, the secret in there, you know, the controller is, uh, especially if you're using a battery without a battery management system, which you shouldn't, uh, is the controller needs to watch out for it over amperage, over current, under current, you know, under, I mean, uh, under voltage. I mean, uh, so the controller is looking out for it so you don't uh, blow your battery up. You know, if you discharge any battery too quickly, it's going to get hot. Yeah. So, so all of that, that and that's why they don't let customers, uh, consumers, you know, play with the, the, the controls inside of the control. They'll destroy it. Yeah. yeah, or they could destroy it. Yeah, is that your your game plan? Is get a tune and then sell them with your tune? Yep. And right. then do you do that like sell one for the stock battery, one for the seventy two volt battery, or can you do it all with the same product? I'm planning to have it adjustable so you can uh, type in what battery you have and what regen you want and what uh, engine braking you want, what acceleration curve you want, uh, all on a display. When can us Sauron fans, do you think we'll be able to go on your site and pick one up? Ugh. Six months. Oh, that's sooner than I thought. Okay. <laughs> well, it depends how sales go. If it gets so incredibly busy, I won't have time to work on it. Yeah. But I'm actually uh, moving my shipping out of the, uh, it's all been in one location uh, in Florida. And I'm moving my shipping up to New Smyrna Beach. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in uh, Cape Canaveral. So uh, that'll get one, it'll just separate it. So now production will be in one facility and shipping's in another. So it's just one less thing to worry about. And I can focus on uh, just doing production and developing product. Cause I've got a list of products to, that I want to develop and make, make uh, available to everybody. Yeah. That sounds like the next step for you is get employees who can figure out everything that you're doing right now. Yep. So right. you can focus on the big picture stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to get production people that really know, because a lot of it's art, a lot of it's, you know, just craftsmanship with your hands, you know, making it nice. I'm trying to get production tools that they can just lay it on there, drill a hole, pop, you know, the rivet or whatever, and send it out. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, but it's, it's getting there. It's nice. getting there. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Well, we'll, we'll check in and do another podcast when you, when you get some new products going and, Cool. See, because this is something that's growing so rapidly. I think I'm going to make it a common theme on the podcast is talking about um, just the technology and every time there's kind of something new coming out, like playing with it on the channel and being yep, like, right. all right, because I think, you know, next year's CRF 450 isn't going to be that much better than this year's CRF 450. Yeah. yeah but the next Suron or the next zero bike is going to be like leaps and bounds better than the previous yes. version. So at Which, least that's what I think. <laughs> no, it will. I mean, and we're expecting the storm B uh, it's kind of late. I think they, they did a limited release, a few in a couple of countries. 
uh, and they're doing some revamping, I'm guessing, because I haven't heard anything else, but we're waiting on the full-size bike yeah uh and the real price point and and the performance of it it looks pretty cool yeah i think that's hope gonna to be see. super i can't exciting. i hope it doesn't work that good or that well <laughs> because then i can make parts for it and <laughs> make, you know get, make suspension yeah. parts for it and make uh, brackets and things like that yeah whatever well, it needs it seems to me just by the few videos that are out it's a similar thing where the the powertrain is amazing and then everything else there's a few things here and there that they did to right. save money yeah. Which is kind of cool because if they had kind of a middle of the line, like front fork, let's say, like on the Suron, yeah. it's like a bottom of the line. And so it kind of forces everyone to look in like, I ride this style, so I'm going to buy this fork. I ride this style, yeah. so I'm going to ride this right. fork. I don't really need anything better. I'm stoked with where it is. But you can yeah. buy the bike for a cheap price. Whereas if it was like a middle of the line, then it might be like, oh, is it really worth, you know, 1500 right. bucks yeah. for the extra, you know? Right. <laughs> No, I, I think it's a good philosophy for them. You know, I don't know if they stumbled upon it or it's up, you know, designed because those guys are sharp. They're all young and they're enthusiasts and they studied, you know, if you can see they studied design because the bikes are beautiful, you know, they, they, the way they flow, you know, you see so many ugly ass home built uh, electric motorcycles and those things are sexy. I love the Saran's look. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that the whole philosophy of building the heart solid as a rock and everything else around it hey like you said you can play with it you can change it mm -hmm. it's not that expensive and you can customize it to what you do mm -hmm. you know i think uh most of the people use the saran for the road you know put supermoto tires on it and and use it for transportation and mm -hmm. it's great for that you know with the belt but you want to go off-road you need to change that belt drive to a chain or it's gonna have issues so yeah. you know it's a it's a very interesting concept and hopefully like you said it does transfer into the full-size bike then it's a cheap yeah. i hope it's seven thousand dollars sixty five hundred dollars would be great uh you know that's accessible to everybody and then if they want to put real suspension on it to go motocross you can buy a set of white power forks and a you know olin shop yeah and, and go motocross and as long as a swing arm and it looks beefy and the frame is there and the power pants power plant is solid yeah and you're go. good to go that's a great philosophy yeah I got so obsessed with it. I even started a whole YouTube channel just for the Suron. It's just, I just made it under my name, Edwin Olding. And yeah. I just went for a few trail rides and filmed a few videos. And I was so surprised on the feedback because I just made, I didn't even talk about it in a Grindheart video yet. Like all the traffic is basically organic to just people looking up the technology. Yeah. And yeah. there's, Every single comment is someone wanting to buy one, someone who just bought one or someone who's had one for, you know, a year and have been loving it. But yeah. like hundreds of comments just on a random YouTube video and then the Facebook groups and like getting a gauge of the Suron community. There's even like YouTube videos of meetups in California where you see like 50 of them all together and mm -hmm. they're all Surons for the most part, like some other e-bikes yeah. e thrown in there. But it's right. like it's hard to get engaged on the community, but it's there and it's strong and they're all yeah. enthusiasts. No one's like, Oh, I have one. I ride it sometimes. Yeah. Right. They're all <laughs> because you need it. You need the information and it's not really, it's not disseminated by a dealer network like it would be for a Japanese motorcycle. You get it from social, you know, from you and me and from looking up things on Facebook. That's the first thing I do. If you have a problem, I'll go look on the chats and, you know, see who's had the same problem because invariably, I mean, inevitably everybody's had that problem or some people have and you just learn from them and fix it however they fixed it so yeah. it's a great uh you know pooling the whole community to get fixes and the information yeah it's cool
That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any um, shout outs? Where can people get a, a hold of you and see what you got? Yep. Uh, American Saron is my uh, website. It's the sole distributing uh, for DB or Dirty Bike Industries parts. Uh, if you're in interested in becoming a dealer uh, in your city, you don't have to be a Saron dealer. You can just be an electric bike enthusiast. You can go to uh, become a dealer on the American Saron website uh, and become a dealer. It's uh, pretty cheap to buy in um, and pretty good margin on the product. But um, welcome it. I'm, I'm growing too. <laughs> awesome. I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks for your time. This has been awesome. No worries. It's very nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah.